I thank God whom I serve, as did my ancestors with a clear conscience, as I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day, as I remember your tears, I long to see you, that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now, I am sure, dwells in you as well. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Hello, everyone. Thank you for checking out this 10th episode of Raking Coals. Today, Josh and I are going to be talking about some tips for getting involved in a ministry, starting a ministry, and finding a ministry that is the right fit for you. First, I want to thank you all for listening to this episode of Raking Coals. If you're interested in more things that we are doing, you can check out our website, e43collective.com. That is e43collective.com. We have blog posts. We have another podcast called The After Sunday Discussion, and we would love for you guys to check out all of that. Thank you so much for listening, and now let's get into our discussion. So Josh, we've said that we are going to talk about some tips for getting involved in a ministry, for starting your own ministry, and finding a ministry that is the right fit for you. And before we do that, I just want to say, Josh, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Very well. That's good. I'm doing pretty well as well. I'm excited to be recording. I know our recording schedule has gotten a little bit off, and to our audience, I want to apologize for that. And to Josh, I want to apologize for that, because a lot of it has to do with me. I'm kind of the guy to blame with all of this, so I want to thank you all for bearing with me. But I'm doing well, and I'm excited to talk about this. And I'm going to start by just asking you, Josh, what what do you feel is your current satisfaction level with the ministries you're involved in, and why? A little transparency here. You weren't ready for this. <laughs> Um, I, I actually, I, when it comes to serving at the churches that I'm at, I'm probably at the best spot I've been at for a very long time, just because when it comes to serving and if you're going to do it, it, you have to do it wholeheartedly. And I, we've talked about this before, but I took a couple years back, I very much took a step back and said, where do I want to put my focus? Where do I want to put my energy? And I said no to a lot of the stuff that I was doing. I said yes to a, a, to a couple things that I wasn't doing. And really just, not streamlined, but consolidated where, I get, where I'm putting my focus when it comes to serving in ministry. So right now... Uh, help you out at Pathway with uh, Youth Ministry, yep. um, which we've had a lot of transition there with bringing on new youth leaders, and um, help out at a larger church called Grace CMA here in the Ohio area, um, doing children's ministry uh, Wednesday nights, first through fifth grade boys. Um, and then I help out at City View Baptist, and I'm the treasurer there, and pretty much... Before that, I was doing children's ministry at Pathway. I was doing the youth stuff at City View. I was doing youth group. And um, it's just my schedule got so bogged down um, where it's just, I took a step back and said, where, where do I feel God? Where do I know God has gifted me and called me 
to serve where and also where can I be the most effective? Because you can you can do a lot of different things. But n- not effectively, I could say. And you could do a lot of things effectively. Yeah. It's just where it's positioning yourself in places where you know you're going to have the greatest impact. Yeah, I agree. And you did miss one thing, man. You didn't mention E43 oh, Collective. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought that was a given because we're on the mics right now. <laughs> That's true. That is kind of a given. But uh, just shout out to Josh. He did really get this whole thing up and running. He took care of basically all of the upfront stuff and continues to maintain the website and take care of a bunch of this stuff. I do most of the, the audio editing and all of that stuff. Josh does a lot of the stuff with the website. He basically takes care of that. So he puts in time and effort into this, and I'm thankful for that. I think he's doing a great job. And I can say for myself too, Josh, I would consider myself to be in a pretty decent place as far as ministry satisfaction goes, which is why I wanted to have this discussion today because I feel like we're actually at a point where we could give some legitimate advice. We've been serving in churches in some type of higher leadership level ever since we were late teenagers and i know anyone who's older who might be listening to this might be like ah these are still young guys and i just don't want you guys to write us off for that because we have been putting a lot of time into church ministry over the last 10 years and we've we've learned a lot of things and i'm gonna be the first one to tell you that yes i realize i'm young and i've got a ton of stuff to learn but I also want to pay it forward and share the things that I have learned along the way. And if anybody else has any things they would like to write into us and share with us, we'd love to hear that and we'd love to share that with anybody listening. Uh, so uh, first, I just want to say my, my level of satisfaction is pretty good. And I think part of it has to do, I feel like my schedule is a lot more balanced. Being able to do the youth at Pathway, being able to have opportunities, preaching and teaching there and getting involved in and possibly getting involved in some adult Bible study stuff. It's very exciting to me. And then doing stuff with the E43 Collective here is uh, is very exciting to do as well because I really like the podcast. I really like, uh, even though I have been terrible about writing blog posts, I love outlining the ones that I currently have planned. Uh, and I really got to get down to writing those because I, <clears throat> me, I actually do love writing. It's just one of those things where uh, when I sit down and write, I need a big block and chunk of time because I cannot start something without finishing it. Um, so, so I, I'm excited about those things. And I think a big thing is, is just being able to use the gifts that I have, use them effectively and use them with joy. And also uh, I'm really excited about a ministry that my wife and I are wanting to get started here soon. Haven't really uh, revealed that to anybody yet, but just a little teaser for all of our listeners. There might be something coming soon from the Haggard household. Um, so Without any further ado, we are going to get to our list, which is what you guys all tuned in for. And the first thing I think that Josh and I would both say is that when you're thinking about getting involved in a ministry, when you're wanting to get involved in a ministry, and if you aren't involved in one and you're a Christian, you've been a Christian for a little bit of time or a lot of time, I think that getting involved in a ministry of some sort is a very important next step to at least explore. And the first thing that you need to do is pray about it. Praying about it is the most important thing you can do because what it does is it puts it in God's hands and you verbalize that to God. You give it over to God. You say, God, I want to find a place where I can serve you in which you can 
can grow me and through growing me, I can be used by you to continue to advance your kingdom, your gospel, the way in which you best see fit. And I can't think of any better place to start than with that of prayer. Um, Josh, what do you think about, or how would you go about praying about getting involved in a ministry, whether it's for the first time or for the 50th time? What what would you say is a good way to just kind of go about praying through it? Well, one of one of the things, at least in my experience, it's always been praying for guidance and wisdom when it comes to whether or not I should join a ministry, and then uh, just praying for if if I should join it, like if God if I feel God's calling me to do it, um, pray for just peace and for an open heart and also just um that he would use me uh because the reality is we're all just vessels for the holy spirit and we're supposed to be instruments for the for him also Mm -hmm. and um and it's when someone when someone comes up to you and puts the pitch out and says, hey, join this ministry. We could really use someone like you. Um, it's really easy to just say, okay, right there on, on the spot. And and I, one of the things that I recommend doing is, first off, say, just a second. Let me, let me pray and think about it. And kind of, because... There's an emotional response when someone comes up and says, I want you to join this. And and that that gives you the time to just take a step back and evaluate. Take a step back and pray. Take a step back and look at your schedule and make sure you can fit it in. Um, and if, if the person is a responsible leader, he should be perfectly fine with you taking a minute and thinking about it uh praying about it if you're married or in a relationship talking to your significant other or your wife or husband about doing it because that's time that you're going to be investing somewhere else um and then if god is feeling if if you if you know god's calling you to do it or uh you you have a feeling god might do go up to the leader and say, "Hey, I'm I'm willing to try it out for this many weeks, and or this amount of time. And if it's something that you find out like this is not what God wants me to be doing, this is not some place I can be effective, this is not some place where, um, where I know I should I know I should not be. If this is a place that I know I should not be or be involved in." Just say, hey, I got to step back. Yeah. Yeah, I think you hit a lot of important things. One thing I'll just reiterate uh, coming from the the married side of things is that it's very important to fill your spouse in before making any type of ministry commitment because what, what really happens is ministries take up time. They do, and that's a reality, and it will have an impact on your family. And being involved in a ministry is going to take you – away from your household out of your normal time you would be there and that's not a bad thing but it is a reality tell your spouse pray about it together and what you'll find is you will find that there is extreme joy when you're on the same page and there's extreme 
contentment with the decision, whichever the decision is made. Well, this is a good fit or it is not. Um, so that is just something I'll kind of double down on that Josh mentioned there. And so what we're going to kind of do here is we'll bounce back and forth. So I gave the tip of, of praying about it. And then, Josh, what's something that you would say is a tip for wanting to get involved in a ministry, starting a ministry, or um, making sure it's a good fit? Understand. I don't know if this is a tip on doing that, but like understand that ministry gets tough. Um, and it's not, it's not flowers and rainbows the entire time. Um, and a lot of times you will find yourself in, in situations that you didn't know you could handle. Mm -hmm. Uh, and you get tested with either difficult, difficult individuals, difficult situations, unique situations. Um, and that's okay. And, um, just, just kind of one of the tips is go, just Go in with an open mind, but also an understanding that stuff like that happens all the time. Yeah, yeah. I I think that that's something that is a reality. And even people who are involved in ministries where you think that there might not be challenges because somebody else is leading it or because it seems pretty safe, you just never know. You will be challenged in some way, shape, or form. And especially in ministry that is doing direct impact of, of people such as discipleship, Bible studies, all that. There will be just things that happen that might be tough. And just know that going in that there will be challenges along the way. It will be great and it will be rewarding, but at times it will be challenging. Sometimes it's more challenging than other times. Sometimes there's very minimal challenge. It just kind of depends on the group, on how God works on you. And and um, just how lucky you can be sometimes. And not luck, but like I mentioned before, God's plan with it all. Uh, next tip coming from me. I'm going to say you should ask a pastor or a ministry leader about um, what they think would be a good fit for you. If you've been going to a church for a while and you are thinking about getting involved in a ministry or you've only been going for a long time, it's a good thing to ask the pastor about areas of ministry in which you can get involved reason why i think that is important is the pastor will know the areas of ministry within the church that need help in the areas of ministry in which people are needed and hopefully they could give you a list of options and a rundown and people to call and follow up with so there is nothing wrong with saying you know I got to talk to the pastor. An email or a phone call is a good way to do that. Uh, I, if you can catch him after church on a Sunday and have that discussion, that's fine. But one thing I will say um, to people who are, are, are thinking about this, I would say email or phone call would be better because a pastor's mind on Sunday right after a message is typically in unwind mode and just wanting to relax. And I know for me, myself, when I preach on a Sunday, uh, sometimes I don't necessarily remember um, the after Sunday experience as much because I'm just drained and tired. It's just a reality. Um, so a follow-up email or a call asking for areas of ministry which need help. And that'll give you a list of options and that'll help you uh, begin that praying. So I think I think feeding off of that, um, if the church that you go to or are involved in doesn't have something that 
you feel like God is calling you to do or something that you're passionate in, it's fine going and finding a ministry like that outside of your church. Because the reality is, is that the church is a collective. It's not just the four walls on the corner of the street. It's the people. It's worldwide. And like I did that and I've, it's probably one of the better decisions that I've done. Uh, but yeah, actually it's probably one of the best decisions that I've done because number one, it opens you up to a new community of people. It allows you to do what you feel God is calling you to do. Um, and then you learn, and if there's if the need arrives at the church that you go to for something like that, you now have the experience to bring it back. Yeah, and so another thing too, just kind of hitting on this is as you explore wanting to get involved in a ministry, you can ask, and, and maybe you find something that sticks, maybe you find something that doesn't. But just one thing I'm going to say about this whole process is make sure you do an attitude check. Do an attitude check and make sure you're doing this for the right reasons. I would say a majority of people who get involved in ministry are doing it for the right reasons. But just you really need to ask yourself, is this for me? Is this for my own ego? Is this for my own satisfaction? Is this because I need to do this? Or is this because I really feel led by God? Now, I do think there is a relationship between following God's will and self-satisfaction. However, the scales can become imbalanced to uh, self-satisfaction over God's will. And, and you always have to remember that the ministry is God's first. It is not your own. You need to lead or serve in it with an open hand and just have that attitude going through. <clears throat> Another tip that I would say that kind of plays through that is just understanding who's really the boss. It's not the ministry leader. It's not the pastor. It's God. And that everything that you do in ministry should be founded on God's word and should be founded on the tenets of our faith. And um, and also remember that as as ministers, as people who are doing ministry, we're going to be held accountable eventually for what we do. So we need to take it, we have to approach ministry in a way of integrity and of responsibility. If you're going to get yourself involved in the ministry, you you have to go in it with like Cody said, the right motives, the right intentions, the right attitude. But also, you can't just be complacent. It's active. Uh, you, you, you can't be the person that says, I'm going to show up and then go sit in the back and do nothing and just sit and get the attendance check. I was there. It's no, if you're going to be involved in a ministry, whether it be starting a ministry or serving in a ministry, you're you're actively engaging in that ministry. Yeah, and and just kind of going with what Josh said is like, yes, God is the ultimate boss. Jesus Christ is our ultimate head. But do also remember, whoever the appointed ministry leader is, is also your a boss, for lack of a better term. They are in charge and do seek to show respect to those ministry leaders because at the end of the day, if you are not the ministry leader 
and you are part of the team, you are ultimately there to be part of the team in which the church has entrusted them to lead. So if you can be a good follower, I think that that shows that you could also later on be a good leader, whether whether it is a leader in a different ministry or just a, more responsibility in the current ministry. I think you do have to be able to exemplify following both people and God. It's a hand-in-hand relationship when it comes to, to ministry. And so for me, I'm kind of uh, out of tips when it comes to just purely getting involved in the ministry. I would like to transition into making sure the ministry is the right fit, unless, Josh, you have something else to add to getting involved. I th- uh, my last thing is it's okay to say no to things. If you aren't being called to do something if you aren't if you know that's not where god wants you say no um and because i was that person who said yes to everything found myself getting pulled a thousand directions and then burnout happens yeah and we've i don't i don't know if we've talked about it here but it's once burnout happens it's really hard to get back to the same level of involvement you were yeah when that burnout occurred um and it's it's just it's important to understand that you got to make sure that you're managing your time wisely and when you when you find yourself getting exhausted it's okay to take a break um and most most leaders i know would be very happy if you came up to them and say hey i need to take like a three-week break and just make sure that i'm good because it allows them to understand like, okay, they're a little overwhelmed. Okay. Let's give them the break. I understand that. Okay. There might be, there might need to be some attention in your aspect that you're responsible for. Um, but also it gives you time to reflect and start praying again on whether or not you should still be doing what you're doing. And uh, if you if you choose to stay and that, and you feel that's where God's calling you, it, I mean, you have rest. Right. And if it's not, and it, and if not, you've, you've taken time, you've, you've meditated over it. And then you can definitively say, I need to take a step back. Yeah, absolutely. The power of saying no can sometimes be saying no once can sometimes be better for you than saying yes a hundred times. Because it really is about, like, we're going to transition to finding the right fit. Fully believe that each person has at least one spiritual gift. And God wants you to use that gift. He specifically designed you with that gift in mind. Now, sometimes it takes having to do a few different things to discover what it is. It is a path of discovery, discovering your spiritual gift. But I can definitely say for me, uh, first tip in satisfaction in a ministry is Ask yourself and make sure the answer is yes. Are you able to use your gifts? Whatever your spiritual gift may be, if you have any questions on what they could be, I encourage you to check out 1 Corinthians chapter 12 or Romans chapter 12. There's lists of spiritual gifts in both of those passages, and I encourage you to read them and be able to see if you can identify one of those spiritual gifts within your own life. And I would say that when you're involved in a ministry and you're able to use your spiritual gift, you will find that it is not as draining, 
that it is not as taxing, that it is not as burdensome, because God has made you to be doing that. God has designed you, he's created you, and he has saved you with that plan in mind for you to use that gift. So the number one tip from me is to make sure you're using your gift within the ministry and you will find that it is a lot easier to be satisfied and that it's a better fit for you. And the church that you're involved in ministry-wise or parachurch organization, whatever it is, will be better off if you're using your gifts rather than if you are not. And I... I mean, I don't know if it's just me, but I find that when I'm involved in something where I am using my gifts, it's invigorating. It's not even draining. It's I want to go and I want to serve. And it's something that actually excites me. I don't know. Do you feel the same way in a lot of Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So kind of like a personal story for me is I really feel like my gift is preaching and teaching. And, And here's kind of how that all kind of came to be. I went to Bible college to study pastoral ministry and went right into youth and children's ministry out of college. And I really enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun uh, doing those things. As a children's director, I was kind of like a program coordinator, program director, very administrative, doing a lot of training, doing a lot of um, you know, development and making sure you have all your volunteers managed and trained and curriculum and highly administrative position. And then with the youth, I was leading the Bible study and I was uh, doing events and discipleship and all that. And because of, of the way God worked things out, I then had opportunities because of, of the pastor needing to resign from that his position to, to have some opportunities to preach about once to twice a month, depending on how the rotation went because it was a three-man rotation, so you were on at least once a month, sometimes twice, and that is when I found that I really enjoyed preaching. Like, when it was my week to preach, I was pumped. Like, I know that some people might be intimidated by a stack of books that they have to tackle through in order to prepare a sermon, but for me, that's excitement. Like, I love reading through this stuff. I love writing the sermons. I love delivering them. Everything about it just brings me satisfaction. And so that's kind of how I was able to identify that that was my gift because people have also affirmed that I'm somewhat of a decent preacher. And so when I'm able to use that gift, I find a lot of enjoyment in it, satisfaction in it. It is tiring. It's a lot of work. But, man, it is so worth it because I just feel like I'm using my gift when I'm able to deliver a sermon. Yeah, and I know for me it's it's very much I like leading small groups I, that's where I thrive where it's leading teenagers kids I mean young adults um, and I could I could never get on stage and preach that's terrifying um, but but there are a lot of people who do a lot of different things and and it, it, your spiritual gift might not be um, teaching might not be no it it could be one of faith one of languages um and or or any of the other ones that are in those chapters that we just uh that cody just referenced um but when you find yourself in the place where you're using your gift it gives you purpose it gives you something that you know you're doing to the best of your ability as given to you by God and in a way that 
God has designed you to be effective, the most effective. And, um, and we need, I mean, I encourage anybody, if you are, if you're looking for a ministry and just start trying them out. I think that's, that's one of the big things is like, it's getting your foot in the water, getting your feet wet. Because a lot of people, I was like this for a little bit where it's like, I don't think that's my thing. Mm-hmm. And I would never actually try it. And the reality is that we will never be we'll never be fully ready to do something that we've never done before. Mm-hmm. Um, and we won't know how ready we are to do it until we've done it. Right. And um, what was something that you didn't think was your thing that you ended up finding out was a good fit for you? Um, leading, leading youth group. <laughs> like it was something I was interested in something, but I didn't know how, it would, how it would go. And it wasn't really like, cause I had been on youth staff for a little bit mm-hmm. and then, and then you left, this is going back to our history, but then they're like, okay, Josh, can you take over the youth group? Okay. Okay. I'll, I didn't think I was ready to, at least the management side of it, when it came to like schedules and lesson plans and stuff like that. Like I wasn't sure I was ready for that, but I thought it turned out well. And they said it turned out well. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, probably three of the funnest years I've had in youth ministry was doing that. And, yeah. Um, but yeah, no. It, I just remember. I remember when they when when I got asked, I was just like. You sure about this? Yeah. So, I mean, that was that's pretty much my my big thing. Okay. Uh, At least ministry wise. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think another thing when we're thinking about being satisfied in a ministry, I I think something that I have learned over time, and we kind of hinted at this in our last podcast about young men and being restless, young men and women, I should say, and being restless, and another thing that I would say is a key to satisfaction in ministry is that you have to be willing to look at what you're doing and say, I am doing this to please God. When you lose that focus, whether uh, for me, for example, I, I went to school to be a pastor. I've kind of done the ministry career thing. And when that became my focus, when, when it became my focus to make ministry my career and being a pastor my career, it it took something out of it. But then when I I checked myself, and, and my wife reminds me of this all the time, of like, this is for God. This is not for you. This is not for anybody. This is for God. And if you focus on that first, you will find satisfaction in it. And I think you will also find that you do a better job. You do a better job because you you don't worry as much. You don't get as anxious because... What you're concerned about is doing what pleases God, and when you hold to that standard, I think you do things better. You don't do the things that don't matter, and you do the things that really do matter, mm-hmm. and I think it leads to satisfaction, and it sounds so simple, but at, at the same time, that inner conflict within ourselves can be so hard. So I think that's that's another tip from me, is to be able to say, make sure it's for God and not for anything else, whether you try to make it about yourself or about pleasing somebody else or about a career or whatever it might be. It is about God first, and that is what matters, and that is all that matters. 
And I think um, it's important to, to kind of take ministry and have it in the palm, in like an open hand um, and not grasp onto it as like, this is, this has to work because like Cody said, it, it's for, if it's for God and God wants it to happen, it's going to happen. Um, and if you're, you're focusing on glorifying God, that's the most important thing. It, I mean, it doesn't matter what you're doing. The, the goal is to glorify the almighty in all of it. And, um, and I know people I've, I've watched friends in ministry where it's like, no, this has to work and they grasp onto it. And it's like, it almost, it turns into, it, it, ha, it cannot fail because then I fail. Mm. And if I fail, that means I failed God. Yeah. And, um, and, and that's just, if you take it from that perspective, I mean, you're going to watch, I, I've I've watched a lot of people go through a lot of heartache and a lot of stress and to the point where it, it was influencing their personal lives and affecting their, their, their lives at home. And, and all because they weren't okay with, I mean, essentially if God's in control of everything, God's saying this is, it's time for this to be put to bed. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's a tough, that's a tough call too. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I think like God's going to bring the people. Um, if you're diligently striving to glorify him and following what he wants you to do, he's going to, to make it work. Yeah. Um, but you have to, I mean, it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of effort. And I mean, coming off of like this stuff that we're, we're doing, um, with the E four three collective, I mean it's it takes time. Mm-hmm. I mean we're right now it is re- at recording. It is ten forty at night on a <laughs> Thursday night <laughs> on a work night, <laughs> and um, but but it takes time. I mean the bl- the blog posts don't write themselves. The podcasts don't get edited themselves. No. Um, there's there's the whole issue of just tracking analytics what is it search engine optimization like a lot of back-end stuff that you don't realize goes into it oh yeah um and that the same goes with any ministry there's so much back-end stuff that as a volunteer you might not see right um but as a leader if you're in a leadership role you know very well you're making phone calls you're scheduled things scheduling things you're making sure that the parts of the building you need are open. Right, yeah, the, the building is not falling apart. Yeah. Um, you're you're dealing with, okay, we have this event scheduled. Now, how do I market it? How do I get the word out? How do I make sure people pay the money that yeah. it's going to cost? How do I make sure I have the funding I need to make sure this thing happens? And it's there's so much that goes on that you might not see, but it takes a lot of work. Yeah. Um, and... Like that kind of goes into the whole starting a ministry. Is it takes a lot of work, and there's a there's a there's a hustle to it. Oh yeah, there is. But before we get into that, we'll transition to that in just a second. As as Josh was talking about, you know, giving it to God and not holding on to something too tightly, we can easily do that, right? We hold on tightly because we think if we fail this ministry, we fail God. 
Uh, one thing I'm going to say, I, I say this from the perspective of a husband and a father, God also does not want you to fail at your life responsibilities. If you are married, you have responsibilities to your spouse. If you are a wife, you have responsibilities to your husband. If you're a husband, you have responsibilities to your wife. If you have children, you have responsibilities to your children. You have responsibilities to your family. I also believe you have responsibilities to your own health. You need to be able to sleep at night. You need to be well-rested. You need to be able to take care of your body. You need to take care of yourself. You know, your body's a temple of the Holy Spirit, so take care of it because if that body fails, then there is no more, you know. There's no more ministry from your life if, if it if it if it ends to to be overly morbid and overly dramatic there but the reality is we have responsibilities taking care of our family taking care of our bodies taking care of our own spiritual health making sure that you are connected with god in an intimate relationship and that's something i think sometimes when we're involved in a ministry whether you're a lay minister or you're doing it vocationally it's really easy to be all about the ministry because you're excited about it you're excited about the ability to glorify God in that way. But do not let your life responsibilities fail because of a ministry. Because yes, pleasing God is important, but if you have a family, God's given you that, and that is your first ministry. And you've got to take care of that, and do not ever make that second. That is your first ministry. It always will be and always should be. And I say that to remind myself just as much as anybody is listening here. Because... Sometimes ministering to your family because it is such a long game, right? It, it is a long uh, life-building thing. It happens continually until your life is over. You, you constantly feel like you're involved in it, but at the same time, I think that also gives us the temptation to be a little bit lazy in it because, you know, well, maybe it's just this day. I'll take care of this tomorrow. And then tomorrow never comes. And you don't want that for your family. So that's just a reminder here from me, uh, a reminder to you guys, a reminder for myself that as we seek to be satisfied in ministry, if you are messing up your family life, but you feel satisfied in ministry, something is off balance there. And you need to check that. Uh, but yes, we are going to transition now into some tips for starting a ministry because this ministry here, the E43 Collective, is something that Josh and I have started, and we have some tips and advice uh, for how to go about starting a ministry because you might find yourself wanting to do something similar to what we're doing or starting a ministry within your church. I've done a couple of both things, and so we're going to give you some tips for that. And Josh, what would you say is the first tip you can think of as we think about some tips for starting up a ministry if one doesn't exist or you feel led to begin a ministry of your own? Pray. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> prayer Prayer is is uh, number one focus, right? That's why we started the whole entire podcast with it. Uh, it's. Uh, I know, at least for me, this entire thing, before we start it, I had mulled it over for what a year without telling anybody and just prayed and thought about it and thought about how it would look and what it would do. And I know, um, Andy Stanley and visioneering the book, like he says, don't tell anybody your plans. Think about it, <laughs> yeah. plan it out. Um, and, and part of that is, I mean, if it's something that is like really important and something that, you've been praying about and God keeps on putting on your heart. It's not going to change. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just something that's going to keep on coming up and you're going to be like, 
Okay. At some point, you have to just do it. Yeah. Um, but I know something that Cody and I did, um, but we wrote out an operational plan. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it's a, what is it, a three, four-page, yeah, five-page. about page. three pages. It's, it's a, yeah. it's a, I mean, five-page. It's essentially, it's kind of like a business plan, but very much like, here's here's the environment that we're going to be operating in here's the restrictions and the um the limitations that we're going to have and trying to trying to get an under a full situational awareness of what is what is this going to entail what are we going to be dealing with either up front or down the road and also just laying out like what is our mission what is our vision what are what are our what are our achievable objectives um, how does it look? What, what does day to day look like? Um, how, how are we going to, I mean, essentially, how are we going to complete our mission? How are we going to, what approach are we going to take? Um, and then also dealing with like, you're thinking about like growth and contingencies and like we, we talked about like, okay, do we like, we really want to get other people on this podcast eventually. And we, we start talking to people about that. And, um, how does that look? Yeah. Um, how does it look like, how are we going to market this? How are we going to, uh, fund it? Um, because I mean, this is all self-funded by us and mm-hmm. how, what equipment are we going to need? Where are we going to record? Where, if we're going to record away from, one of our houses or in, in, in different locations, how are we going to get our stuff there? Right. Um, and just really trying to figure out exactly what it entails on the front end. Mm-hmm. So you have as you have the best picture of how it's going to look in reality. Yeah. Yeah. And I think to kind of sum up what you're saying there is cast the vision. Cast the vision, cast the vision, but understand the logistics. It doesn't matter if it is a a podcast or an online ministry or a church to to even go bigger, right? If you're mm-hmm. thinking about starting a church or a small group or a or a Bible study or a service ministry, a, a missions based type of ministry that focuses on outward service, whatever it is, cast the vision. Set your goals, set your vision, what you want it to be, what you want it to do, and then plan the logistics. Because there are logistics. There there are places you have to be, the times you have to be there, the things you have to plan, your leadership team, if you have one outside of yourself, who do you have to report to for this? And figuring out those logistics and really knowing how to tackle the logistics before even beginning. Because if you're trying to figure out the logistics as you go, especially with starting a ministry, it's going to keep you from doing what you want to do. Um, like just even for Josh and I, for example, we had to do a whole test run to figure out how all of this equipment works. Because while I had some background with audio equipment, it had been some time and I was a little rusty. And we had to figure out, can we get this to work? Do we have the right... Uh, hardware and software and sure enough we honestly we got a little bit lucky because we just bought some things and hoped for the best (laughs) plugged it in and here we are but at the same time too like with the website it's researching different avenues researching different um i mean what are platforms 
is the yeah. best way to put yeah. it. Um, see, see what's the best for integrating podcasts and blogs and, and, and like we chose ours because it was the most user friendly had, it has 24 seven support and it was cost effective for us. Um, and like, but there was a lot of research because there's a lot of options. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have to take the time and actually think about it. And I know of ministries that they didn't do that. I'm just, and and this is just lessons from what ministries that I've been involved in where it got bigger than what they ever expected it to. Mm-hmm. And then they, they had no idea how to respond to it. Right. And um, in the, in the time it took for them to, get to where they needed to be for the scale that they were at. Like they, I mean, it was tough and they lost, they lost people because of it, because it was just frustrating and it was stressful. And it was one of those things where there were people who were standing around going, what is my purpose here? Because Mm -hmm. they didn't understand like, okay, we started with this with a, and then it grew to this. And we have to change exactly what the format looks like completely. Yeah. And then you had people who were like, well, I don't fit in that new format. I fit in the old format. Yeah. And the leadership really didn't understand how to integrate the people and the process that was in the original intentions to, yeah. to what it eventually re- looked like in reality. Yeah. And that's something that's that's kind of important. Like we we talked about that. It's like what happens if God God blesses us and this gets big, <laughs> right? <Yeah. laughs> okay, and we have five, ten, fifteen, twenty partners. Yeah, that want to help and contribute. Like, okay, how are we gotta we gotta start looking into like what. We can't get all these people in one room to be on a podcast. Correct. <laughs> so how are we going to integrate phone? How are if we're going to do that? How are we going to schedule content? If because yeah. instead of just two people creating content, if we had fifteen people creating content, it'd be mm-hmm. like okay, how do we make sure everybody gets their their time? How how uh, how do we get everybody to get their stuff up, but also quality proofreading. Like all the all the details that people don't you don't think of automatically. I mean, right? Yeah. There's just a lot to think about when it comes to ministries, and that kind of that that gets me into what I would say is another tip: is that two heads are better than one. Two heads are better than one, and I understand there's a lot of ministries out there who are led by an individual. And they do well, and they're successful. But I think it is, if you can have a team member or multiple team members, I think you are setting yourself up to be able to, number one, take some stress off of yourself. Number two, have accountability. And number three, make sure things get done and make sure that the ministry happens. And I know that that's been a big thing with the E43 Collective and getting it off the ground is that no matter what happens at the end of every week, either Josh or I start the communication of, hey, when are we going to get together and get stuff done? Or what's the schedule for getting things Mm -hmm. done? 
just to make sure that things happen, things do get done, team members are good. And I even say this from the perspective. Now, I myself have not planted a church, but I have seen church plants, and I've seen churches operate. And even if you're thinking about starting a church, starting a ministry, see if you can find a team member, whether it is you and another another pastor or two couples who are are into the vision of the church or a ministry or even as something as simple as a bible study or a home group or an outreach ministry if you have another team member i guarantee you even though there are obstacles with team members because then you have the potential of differing opinions but i also think that's what can strengthen a ministry is if everything is always your idea your opinion and the way in which you want to do it you might not think outside of the box as much so i do think there's so much benefit to another team member i just think of the disciples and when john and peter started preaching right after jesus ascension they were working together they went everywhere together when paul traveled he traveled with a team he did a lot of the speaking and a lot of the engagement but he had people with him and people he was constantly mentoring and so i think the the biblical example of doing ministry is in teams and i think we should be following that yeah no and i mean look at it was jesus right he said um, he had some team members he did have some team members. He had a lot. He had, he had 12 team members. Some is some more effective than others, but um but I mean just like you look at how he led his team. And like here's this is this is going to be my other this is going to be a tip is if you're leading a ministry by yourself, you're you you have limited focus. Um, Jesus, because he was human, he was a, he was fully God, fully human. Right. He had twelve disciples, mm-hmm. but he really poured into three of them. Yeah. Okay, and and you see that throughout the Gospels and. When you have two people leading the team in ministry, okay, you have like one person can focus on these people, the other person can focus on these. And so that number one, you have coverage, okay? And when it comes to serving on a team, you know that when you take it to the person who's in charge of your group, mm-hmm. they're listening. They're not focused on the other group because that's not their responsibility. Right. Um, and that, that kind of goes along with just the whole idea of organization and the whole just structure. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it can get really easy for people to have their focus taken away from what they should be focused on because you have a fire going on over here on the left. Okay, well, if you're one person leading a team – and you're focused on the fire. That's where your focus is. Mm-hmm. It's on nothing else. Um, but when you have two people or three, or you have a team of people leading, um, if there's a fire over here on the left and a fire here on the right, you have coverage. One person can, can focus on the left. The other person can focus on the right. And if there's three people, someone can still focus on making sure everything gets done during the week. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
you're spot on, right? Give you the example of Jesus being fully human. He could still only be in one place at a time, mm-hmm. which is why the disciples spread out and they did different things right. and they took care of different responsibilities. And it's a great example that I really don't think we talk about enough in churches. And it's funny because it's right there in our faces. Yeah. <laughs> and, we, and and think about it, crazy. You had one person on his team actually trying to like actively sabotaging it. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I mean, it, it's interesting because that's another thing that we don't talk about. Where it's like when egos come into play mm-hmm. and you have you have people who are serving. And this is coming from a leadership standpoint. Um, when you have people who are serving and they are, uh, I say serving in quotation marks, um, and they are purpose i wouldn't say purposely they could be purposely or just not aware that they are sabotaging yeah that brings on a lot of stress for the leader Mm -hmm. and as a leader you have to be you have to be very okay of having those tough tough conversations with those people yeah um and and a lot of and sometimes you'll have the peers the the person who's serving who is there because of because they want to follow the one person right and they're not really there because of the mission they're not there because of the vision they're there for the person mm-hmm. and when when you have someone like that it's it's interesting because that's when you get a lot of drama um and and when when it comes between when the decision has to be made between the person and the vision they go for the person and not the vision it's it's one of those like okay well like how how do we address this and it's it's one of those things that's very it can be it can be somewhat delicate (laughs) yeah um because what happens when let's say you have an individual who is leading a, a ministry who decides they're going to move for for some reason either to a different ministry or someplace else like leave the leave the ministry altogether and then someone else takes over and that like that that just causes drama yeah i mean it's it's yeah it it happens it um does. and it's because we're all people and we're all fallen beings and just stuff happens and it's it is what it is but i mean you have to understand that you're, you might have to deal with that yeah yeah that does come with that does come with teams there's the potential for that but i definitely think the benefits far outweigh the negatives when it comes to working with a team and right now we are getting real close to our time limit we really try and keep these around an hour or less um so i'm going to kind of wrap it up here with a final tip. We opened up this podcast with a passage of scripture from 2 Timothy 1, 3 to 7. And I encourage you guys all to read back through that. And and that is a passage where Paul is writing to Timothy. He is definitely knowing that his life is coming close to an end. And he gives him these encouraging words as he closes out maybe one of his final letters that he writes. And 
So he, he encourages Timothy. And one thing I really want to hone in on is, is that verse 7 of chapter 1 there is that God did not give us a spirit of fear, but he gave us a spirit of power, of love, and self-control. And I just want to use that passage to say that as we explore ministry, whether or not you're exploring to get involved in one, to start one, or you're just just trying to gauge whether or not you're satisfied in one, the thing that we need to know is that as fears and, and things that might hold us back come up, we need to remember that the God who we follow, the Holy Spirit, is more powerful than our fears. In fact, the Holy Spirit wants us to know that God is powerful and God is with us, that God's love is with us, and that we also need to to curb ourselves with self-control, right? Curb our ego, curb anything that can get in the way of being effective for God. But fear should not be an option. And I know for me, that's something I've struggled with in the past and even in the recent past at times. This is not something I've perfectly conquered, but I'm so glad for that passage of Scripture. I'm so glad it's there to remind us that we follow a God who is powerful, who is loving, and can help us have self-control. So that's kind of my closing thought there as we wrap up this podcast on tips and ministry. I've had a lot of fun with this one. Uh, Josh, you have anything closing out to say before we say goodbye to everybody? Um, if you're not involved in the ministry, get involved. If you are, if you are a professing follower of Christ and you're not doing ministry, I mean, you're, you're missing out. Um, because that's, I will say in my experience, I've probably learned more through serving than ever sitting in a pew. Yeah. Um, and, and I've learned from just the experience I've learned from the people that I've been serving. Um, and, and I've learned a lot about just about God through, I mean, through trying to teach, trying to disciple, trying to, um, to, to guide other people. And it's, it's, I mean, we talked about it, uh, last podcast, but it's, if you're not, if you're not actively trying to get involved, you should totally try to get involved. Yeah, absolutely. I agree wholeheartedly with that, Josh. And I think uh, something we should really explore um, doing is actually having a podcast where maybe we discuss more in depth the spiritual gifts because it's something we've referenced a few times on this podcast. But I think just to clarify for people who might have some questions or might be studying that and come up with some questions of like, how do these things actually uh, look now in 2018, I th- uh, 2019, I'm sorry, I'm living in the past right now. It is 2019 right now. Um, to, to have that discussion and have that on here. And I think that that would be good. Uh, so I just do want to say thank you for everybody who listened to this 10th episode of Ranking Coles. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for your ears. And we hope that you continue to share this podcast with your family and your friends and anyone that you know. That helps us out a lot because we want to continue to spread the word of this podcast and continue to spread uh, uh, the 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 union of of believers that we really want this podcast to be all about. So thank you so much for listening. Hope you guys all have a fantastic day and a blessed week.